every I'm, now and then every now and then you actually hear and or acknowledge my puns. I I do I do hear them, but they they're you know like classify your jokes on the same level as my dad's jokes oh wow someone said to me last week oh they were a 20 something year old person and they said that's a dad joke i'm now i'm now 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 on the ipad mini there's an important app called i can't move on from the dad jokes mate i'm sorry no i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be polite and i'm just gonna move past it james earns millions from internet marketing Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to the, the very, very warm waters of Freedom Ocean. Timbo Reid here. Right there is... James Shramko. Jimmy James Shramko. And this is episode 66. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a bingo night. It is. It is. Clickety click. 66. That's all the that's the older people who don't have teeth. Took Jimmy? the kids to see Bad Grandpa and they have a bingo scene in that one. <laughs> What's Bad Grandpa? Oh, it's a uh, Johnny Knoxville guy from Jackass. Yeah. And he dresses up as an old grandpa <laughs> and he has a little kid sidekick. And they basically go around uh, causing terror, but the people who are in the scenes don't know that they're in the scene. It's like a surprise. So so it's a, is it a mockumentary like a Borat? Exactly like that, yeah. Oh, man, I love those, love those shows. Jackass-like stunts. Wow. Well, I would really like to see that. I didn't even know it was out. I'm still yet to see Gravity. kind of like the idea. Imagine if we could get to the point with our content marketing, James, where we could kind of inject ideas like, you know, kind of mockumentary-type ideas. Not that we couldn't already, but, you know, it takes it to another level. Well, I think a lot of the time I am involving members of the public when I'm filming because I don't uh, rent the space and put in a council <laughs> permit and and uh, have a catering van on site. You know, it's it's a bit ghetto. You'd have a oh, yeah, wouldn't you? Probably don't have catering, but I imagine you'd have some kind of trailer where you just have the, the foundation applied, get the lippy off your teeth before you hit the record on the video camera. Someone just I'm um, lucky dare if I, I say, look in the mirror. I'm lucky if I look in the mirror and check that I haven't got the last meal in my teeth <laughs> and having just been away i have uh, made quite a lot of videos just on the ipad and the rode smart lav microphone which i'm loving just those two things i've really gone light and lean with the equipment it's so easy now. well let me ask you then um you've been prolific in your video output um so and we have spoken about um video on the run previously but uh update so you've got your ipad mini ipad and, mini yep yep and and your and your road smart Lab. yeah i've got the road smart left 60 bucks i think it is um yep. and it's we'll put a link in the show notes the um the windshield for it in case you, because you get a lot of wind when you travel, don't you? Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, quite often you'll be outside or oh, the outside in a breezy wind. place. Like if you're in a hot climate, things like fans will bring you unstuck. Right. Because they'll, they'll blow across, you know, or the, quite a, a lot of the time I'm speaking to someone in my team and I can hear a fan clicking away in the background. But you say you love your fans. You said you've got lots of fans and that you, you like to reply to their emails and, you know, you're really man of the people. Is this really a dreadful pun? <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, every now and then every now and then you actually hear and or acknowledge my puns. I, I do I do hear them, but they, they're, you know, like 
classify your jokes on the same level as my dad's jokes. Oh, wow. Someone said to me last week, oh, they were a 20-something-year-old person, and they said that's a dad joke. I'm now, I'm now, I'm now. Now, on the iPad mini, there's an important app called. I can't move on from the dad jokes, mate. I'm sorry. No, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be polite and I'm just going to move past it. Mm. Uh, Tilt shift video app. Is that what gives it the little human movement? No, this one gives it a blurry background as if it's a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens. So it's, it's um, simulating that the blurry edges and you can also have a vignette. Uh, and adjust the contrast and the the colors. It's just basically right. giving a little bit of treatment on the spot, and it will then overwrite the video and make it nicer. What do you got? Who's, have you got someone holding an iPad, or are you? Um, is it stationed on a tripod? It varies. If I've got someone there, then I will ask them to hold it. But mm-hmm. probably at least half the time, it's uh, adjusted onto something. You know, I, I wrap it around something, or it's right put on top of a counter or stick it next to a window and then step back. So it's uh, 50-50. Sometimes I'll use a flower right. pot, uh, a Starbucks carton, a fuse box, a windowsill, uh, a lighting fixture. It, it could be anything. Even a monitor screen, I just wrap it over the back of it. Have you ever asked a random when you're out and about to just go, hey, do you mind just holding this iPad while I record a quick video? I wouldn't do it. It it actually takes huge strength and endurance to hold an iPad for three minutes. Wow! Yeah, really? I, yep. I've I've found wow. uh, having tried many different people, ranging from the smallest son through to uh, co-workers, I've found that not everyone is cut out to holding an iPad for three to five mm. minutes. It's, it's a big discovery. It is a big discovery. Uh, you know, it's somewhat shocking and surprising to me. However. Mm. I, uh, I I think you know not everyone's up for it. It's it's ideal if they actually prop themselves onto something like a tree or a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, gee, you've done your research on the old uh, where to place the iPad. Once you've done that, you've got your um, file there, James. You're uploading to Dropbox for your editor. Yeah, I usually just plug my iPad into the MacBook Pro, do a quick edit. I use a pre-done template. I've got ScreenFlow yeah. there, and it's already got the the watermark and the intro little swoosh, you know, and so I just drag the file in. I usually don't have to edit much because I can say what I want to say in one go. Mm. I just chop the front off, the back off, and then render it, and it goes into Dropbox, and I don't see it again. So probably the biggest surprise to me in the last few weeks is how consistent I've been able to be with the video content, even when I had virtually no Wi-Fi. Video is something you can make if you've got nothing else. And the battery on these things lasts a long time too. Gee, that'd be a first for Apple. <laughs> what, the iPad battery goes forever. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, the, most batteries on their other devices don't. Oh, that's probably unfair. Their iPhone battery is still pretty weak. I've just got the new MacBook Pro and that's holding up. The new, I've got the, Mac, the newest MacBook Pro. I, I'm sure that the air is going to disappear because this thing is so thin. Uh, there is no need for an air anymore, I would have thought. I noticed a lot of airs when I was out and about. Airs are very popular for travellers, mm. and yeah. I, I think somewhere between an air and a the thirteen inch Pro Retina that I've got would be a great combo. It's the least attractive looking piece, I think. The air. It's got an ugly frame about it, but that's me just being aesthetic. I was reading an article uh, in Fast Company the other day about there was one particular Apple app. 
the, the, the design, what, what would you call the, the, would it be the album cover of an app or the logo of an app? Um, one particular Apple app that Apple were never happy with, but Jobs demanded that it be a particular way. Can you guess what it is? It always troubled me. Mm, nope, I can't guess. Game, game Center. You know that weird felt-looking kind of design on the iPhone? Felt and corkboard? Yep. Yeah, never felt very Apple to me, but Jobs kind of liked it. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I thought that would lead to some kind of conversation well, about my, design. Let's but, just think know. of my, my kids like a PC computer. They want something that's it's called a Razer Pro or something, and that's for gaming. Oh. But it looks to me like an Apple MacBook Pro, but black. They've literally taken the same design. Exactly, mm. looks exactly the same. And, Wait till uh, they turn it on and look at the operating system. Well, it's, even it's got an illuminated keyboard and everything. But they love it. <laughs> they love this thing. And they want one. And to, um, it's just interesting to me how strong the Apple design has been pushed into every other crevice of the universe. So I'm sure a lot of designer briefs are, go along the lines of make it look like Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Logo briefs. Design product design briefs. Hey, if you could have Apple design any other product in your life, what would it be? Oh, that's weird. I, I don't like to. I don't like those try to be everything brands. So oh, that's... I know, but just just humour me. Okay, like my, just just uh, go my whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you just looked around and it was the first thing you saw. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how can I get him off the scent? Uh, maybe my chair. Really? Like. I don't really. I wouldn't dare have them influence AMG. I'm happy with my car. You know what else is there? Why well, if you had a, if you had have asked me, hmm. yeah, Tim, what would yeah. you have Apple design? Oh, stop if, you it. Could, stop if you could have anything, it. my car. All oh, right, see, yeah. I wouldn't do that. We love you, your AMG. I just watched a documentary on the airplane about Henry Ford, and that was fascinating. Was it? In what way? Well, he was so inspirational, but also. A real tyrant. He, was, he bullied his only son. He was quite laggard in, in his latter years. Like he really only wanted one car and he, he was a control freak. But he also did some cool stuff, which is very, very in line with what we talk about. He actually started making films, as did people like Hitler. Okay, so what, what I'm noticing is the most powerful and influential people in the last – Hundred years, a lot of them podcast they were hiring and creating content that was putting out the message they wanted to put out. You know, whether it was negative propaganda, mm -hmm. whether it was, uh, you know, the movie that Ford put out was about him and uh, you know on the farm and he's a real cool dude and um, showing you know how he's just a normal every man and stuff. So these people realized the power of having positive press that they created themselves. Makes sense. Thought that was quite interesting. Mm, absolutely. Uh, the other thing that he did that was really quite interesting was he borrowed things from other industries and brought them into his industry. So he borrowed from the meat packing plant the production line concept and brought that into automotive manufacturer. And another thing that I thought was interesting, he had just huge vision. Like he wanted to build this massive factory that could produce a thousand cars a day. And everyone thought he was nuts. But he, his belief in his vision was so big that no one could tell him otherwise. He was very driven. Very driven, but he also liked to exercise. He banned alcohol from his house. He, he you know, insisted on 
eating healthy, and he didn't understand that anyone else wouldn't want to do that. He even made his, he even sent people around to inspect his workers and make sure they were living a proper life. He was ahead of his time, clearly. He was ahead of his time and behind his time all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jimmy, we're going to um, oh, one more cut- thing. He yeah. hated investors, absolutely loathed investors. He wanted complete control, which, you know, again, having wound back my affiliate program and, and not being interested in taking funding for my business, I can sort of understand that about uh, it's, it's good to have that position of being able to do what you want without having to second guess it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Fair call. I listen, um, we were going to talk today, sort of what are we in, 15 minutes in, 12 minutes in, about uh, how the online marketing world has changed in the past 12 months. But but you are fresh off a plane. You have been traveling a bit and I reckon there might be three or four or five things that you've kind of picked up along the way that would be very much top of mind for this episode. So shall we go down that path? and yep. leave the uh, how the world's changed in the past 12 months to the next episode. Yeah, we could open this huge, big loop and ensure yes. that listeners come back for episode Correct. 67. Correct. 67, because we can still do that whole. Well, you will have seen joke. the movie by then. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Don't bet on it, but I may have. Um, so, mate, um, you have been, where have you been? Dominican Republic. You've been to Thailand. You have been uh, – well, you've been around, Miami. you know. Miami. Miami. Yeah. Did you see Pitbull? Did you sort of get into a bit of uh, – don't even know what that kind of music's called anymore. It's not rap. Rap would be way too old, way too dad. No, I went to – I went out to dinner. A friend of mine took me to dinner. Uh, it was nice. Uh, but, no, I went – I only stayed there one night. It was, it was right. interesting. It's actually not dissimilar to the Corso at Manly, that little Miami – beach strip oh, yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. You're bigger, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I prefer it at home here. I saw Manley's in one of the latest uh, video clips of that, uh, the, one of those judges on that TV show. Oh, yep, yep. Made of mine walk past the filming of that. and It's not a great clip, but it does have Manley in it. I don't get that guy. What's his name? Oh, see, he's remarkable. What's Do you think he's remarkable, dude? No, it's... He's the guy from LFMAL, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think we're we're, we're showing our ages. We're not being very respectful. I'm sure he's nah. an amazing artist. So, mate, you've been hanging. You've been hanging with um, some um, heavy hitters in the online marketing world. What, what's probably what's the biggest thing? We is it? Was there anything that made Jimmy James Shrimp go go? Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. big. That's yeah. a big idea. Yep. There was uh, an astronaut there, Anusha. She's the first public astronaut. Like uh, mm-hmm. she just dreamed that she wanted to be an astronaut and she did. She was in the X Prize thing with Peter Diamandis and she was up there in space looking down on the world thinking, you know what, up here, it's just one place. There's no borders. There's no different currencies. There's no different languages. It's just one place and we're really making a mess of it. So it's like a big thought. That's like a big thought. This lady thinks big. I think she, think to, she really felt that? Or was to, it, no, I, it sounds like a cliche to me. I reckon she probably really did. I, I reckon it would be profound, propelling yourself above the earth and looking down. Mm. And she had to teach herself Russian to learn how to use the controls and stuff. Hmm. Like, very ambitious and successful lady. Probably the biggest takeaway is that we just play such a small game. We've got... We're just thinking tiny compared to what we could be thinking. And 
you know, I've seen people with their vision of what they would like the world to look like and, and what they're trying to do for education and how they're reaching a lot of people with their own distribution, being able to go out and, you know, literally have a message and then get that across to a lot more people. It was really quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about some kind of uh, online marketing strategies and kind of maybe bring it down at a level and talk like that? Well, a lot of stuff I was quite familiar with, like the concept of knowing what your smart numbers are. We've talked about that on this podcast before, that you've got to break down and find out what, you know, firstly, what's your what was one of the topics. Like, what are you actually, what are you all about? You know, we talk about why you're doing stuff, but what are you doing? What What's the purpose? What's the point? And then are you able to measure it? What are the measurements that show you that you're being successful in that mission? So, if, you know, if you want to break it right down, in your case, have you started tracking the podcast downloads of Small Business Big Marketing yet? Uh, yeah, I have. Right. So you have a baseline measurement to be able to determine the reach that you might have and then mm-hmm. you can actually measure if that's increasing and then you can set yourself some targets to see if you can you know, expand that if that's important to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, see what and I also see what topics kind of get more traction than others and um, it's funny, I, I got my Amazon hosting bill for small business big marketing the other day and it had doubled like over the month, over on the month previously. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, like uh, dub, must be double the amount of downloads as well, but actually someone had hacked into my account. Oh, really? So, well, yeah. How did, yeah. You t- how did you determine that? Because I find uh, it very fuzzy with Amazon. Yeah, very fuzzy. Well, um, I got my, who I call him my mechanic, Mick, my mechanic, to uh, to look into it. He's not my mechanic as in car. He's my mechanic as in all things technical and um, and uh, established that there'd been some foul play. Really? It's hard talking to those guys. It's like they use big words and language at Amazon S3. Yeah, that's, it's, it's big stuff and I don't really understand it. I just get the bill. I wouldn't know if mm. I'd been hacked. Well, I just doubled. It literally was more than double. What I'd normally pay for the hosting of, of the show. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, that doesn't, it'd be great. The audience increases month on month, but yeah, <laughs> not that quickly. Is, is that a number you'd be prepared to share? No, I don't want to. Only because I've got sponsors. Ah, right. And, uh, okay. It kind of limits me from doing that. Okay. Yeah. I don't really understand, but I'll just r- run with it. Yeah, I, that's okay. I think listeners are probably curious to know what an Amazon S3 bill might cost for a podcast, but I can say that in my case it's fluctuated between and i used to run a lot of my videos for my membership on there which i've now switched over to wistia because it's a better mm-hmm. experience for my users but it still mm-hmm. runs runs at two or three hundred dollars a month but it has yeah, yeah. at times it's hit i think it hit two thousand and something dollars one month when i launched traffic grab because i had a lot of video, video. that people were watching yeah. so it's, it spiked up that much but i think your average listener who's setting up a podcast might expect an Amazon bill probably of 20 or 30 bucks a month. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about numbers. Like my the, the cost of my Amazon bill just for small business, big marketing, it doesn't have any video hang-off. It averages about, at the moment, just over 200 bucks a month. There you go. So a couple mm. hundred bucks a month is going to get you quite a lot of distribution. Mm. Uh, so yep. th- that's, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you for asking. Well, I'm curious. <laughs> You know, a lot of stuff, yeah, there was a lot of business concepts. You know, for me, it was probably the first time I've sat in about seven days of conference. I don't think I can recall a time when I've sat 
in that many days. So by the time you get to the end, you forget what was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I do. Take so was it was that one conference that went for seven days, or in two, total? The first one was two days, and then there was like a four four and a half day one. Mm-hmm. And because they're in the same place with the same people, like the same promoter, I decided to stay on for the second one, even though it was a completely different sort of topic. It was a lot lighter subjects, more about meditation and uh, being a good person and uh, uh, the lighter side of life. You know, look how to how to. I think there was even a hugging workshop, like how to hug. Oh, I would have loved. Did you hug? Did you hug the person next to you? Oh, we did other stuff like um. They, no, they, no, no, don't, don't, don't deflect that one. Yes, did the you? Is yes. Oh, did you get a photo, video? I would love to have seen that. We did other exercises which were interesting. One of them was um, from a guy called Terry Tillman, who was a fascinating guy, but he was talking about how people greet each other all around the world, mm. and he was talking about how in African deserts uh, they just walk up to each other, pause, and then they walk off. And he asked his guide, "What are they doing?" And he says, "Well." You know, they don't shake hands or kiss or any of that stuff. They they look into each other's eyes and when they feel there's a connection, one guy says, I, I see you. And the other one says, I am here. And then they walk off. It's really Love quite, that. And it's just seemed good for humanity to have this mm-hmm. idea that, we you know, we can connect a little more with people and stop being this trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've done that exercise um, at the local meditation place that I go to. It's called Drishti. Drishti is an Indian term, and I uh, don't know from what dialect, but it's it uh, it means to look beyond the eyes, uh, and to you're actually focusing on the third eye and connecting with someone's soul, and that's what I'm thinking those people would, and it's quite um, powerful. This is going to get get a bit woo woo. Yeah, I was just going to. I was just thinking this is very woo woo. Yeah, yeah it's better. Uh, you better you better uh, just finish this conversation off on tag with Ezra, and you can um, you know. Can completely go into that space. Well, Ezra didn't. He was there, but he didn't come to the event. Uh huh. Because I think he didn't feel that it was. I don't. Know, it's something genuine. No, I think it's too structured for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll ask him that question. But mm. he um, he sort of more liked that naturally as a kid, so it's not news mm. to him. This stuff. It was interesting to me to attend that. I was. Quite happy to just soak it all in, see what they were up to. There's nothing bad. It was it was almost anti-religious, which I actually kind of liked because you know when you put it in the context of, of of a broader just connecting with people, you don't need all those religions and stuff to to mm-hmm. pull people together. In fact, they can be quite divisive and pull people apart. So it's mm-hmm. quite quite interesting to me that there's different solutions out there that people look at or. or uh, mental models of the world and the guy running this thing is called Vishen Lakhani and he's quite a big thinker I'll give him credit for for thinking big and one of the most interesting points was that whichever mental model of the world you choose even if it's not true you can still experience some of the benefits of that model so, so it's in some way like a placebo effect like mm-hmm. if you think that you are Superman Right, if Tim, if if your model of the world is that you are Superman, mm-hmm. then chances are you'll be a little more confident as you're out and about, going to buy the, oh, yeah. the bread and milk, you know, and you may <laughs> actually experience some of the benefits of your mental model if if you really think you are Superman. Yeah, okay, you, know, I got you, you. might actually experience some of the benefits of being more confident about yeah. uh, feeling like so. A, that's, a it's, that's positive thinking. Strong. I guess you'd call it that if you yeah, want to be it is. simple about it, but. 
Well, I think that's being simple about it. I think it's being clear about it. But your, mod, your mental just, model mightn't just be positive. It might be some other thing, but it's, it's, it's basically thinking. If, what you think, you know, therefore I am sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you, can just, you can redefine your mental model of the world. That's the powerful thing. If you think your life sucks right now, then that is pretty much a choice and the way that you see yourself in the mental model of the world that you've created for yourself because everything's pretty much just imaginary, right? We're just just moving through light, <laughs> vibrating or whatever. So if you, if you want a better mental model, and, and to a large extent, this is true of, of my background, I used to always think about and envision what, it would, what better would look like. What would I, my ideal be? Would I like to live by the sea uh, watching the surf, have a nice car, drink good coffee, listen to music, read books, work talk on to things, Tim. T- talk to Timbo. You know, my life is now a reality of the vision that I had before that. And I'm just saying that, that the big takeaway for someone listening to this is to just reflect for a minute about what do you actually want and how how much do you believe it is possible because if you start – meditating or uh, and by the way my meditation is very informal i just i just have quiet time when i'm in the shower literally that i'm not going to okay. go and don't sit, need to know anymore no, about i don't that. know I'm not going to go and sit cross cross legged and stare at the sun yeah. you know and uh, <laughs> yeah body makeup and chakras and that I, that's not for me for the moment i just like to just reflect on the people around me uh, what my day is going to look like and, you know, what are the most important things for me to focus on? And I've been doing that for a long time. You know, can, can I just add to that too? Because it. it's, um, it's funny, the timeliness of sometimes the conversations we, and not just you and I, but we have with people, uh, I don't think there's any real such thing as a coincidence. I was just an hour before we hit record today, um, I was just out wandering in my garden. And I don't want this to sound like a podcast of a couple of, you know, pompous marketing type folk, business business owners, you know, but um, I was wandering in my garden. It's quite a big garden in my new home. And I was thinking, you know what, I'm just uh, really lucky to be where I am. And I had forgotten to acknowledge that. My point being, and, and in fact, I'll add to that because from a business point of view this morning, um, I sent out an email about a webinar that I've got coming up in December on content marketing, and I've had just a fantastic response to it. And it just, again, reminded me of, it's like, you know what? Just sometimes we've got to acknowledge where we're at with things. Well, they call that gratitude, and there, there, there's a lot of discussion about that. It's about right. um, that, that that's essential, really. Um, in fact, that's a way of being happy with who you are now is to have gratitude. I think there was some great explanation, and I'm probably going to muck it up, but it's something like gratitude is basically acknowledging all the gifts and stuff that you've already got. So you can actually be happy with the stuff you've got when you use gratitude. I think also, too, excuse me while I lower my desk, if you can hear a little engine in the background, but I want to sit down now. Um, I think, too, we can um, – we can. Um, I just think we forget to acknowledge where we're at, you know, and, and we're so busy trying to get to the next place that there, you, you don't identify a finish line. So, well, not only that, look, if, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've probably got a computer or a smartphone. You live in a uh, – in a reasonable society 
you know, where you've got food and water and shelter. And if you put it in the context of things like the disaster in the Philippines that has just happened uh, at the time of recording, you know, mm. there's a lot of people worse off if, if you know, if they're not even alive anymore that were alive mm. a week or two ago. You know, we are very fortunate. Mm. And I always think about, you know, no matter how bad my day is, if I have a bad day, which is very rare anyway, but if I do, there's someone having a much worse day than me. Much, much worse. worse. In fact, the guy who um, the episode of Small Business Big Marketing that goes up tomorrow is with this fellow. Uh, the My interview in that show is with a fellow who lost five businesses in the Black Saturday fires in Marysville, which is a country town in Victoria. Uh, he lost five businesses that day, and then his son got critically injured in a boating accident three months after the fires. And highly positive, the whole chat I had with him was all about kind of resilience and rebuilding. And he's back again. You know, he's got he's got two businesses back up and running. He's in Marysville, and he's the head of the Chamber of Commerce. And he actually drew his strength mainly by helping others. He he got the most kind of um, inner strength when he when he was out there helping others rebuild in the community, as opposed to kind of rebuilding his own businesses, which he did as well. Yeah, that that really is um, it's it's empowering to help mm. other people. So I you know it it was basically a really emotional week or so over there. Just there was about three hundred and fifty people in the big conference. Wow, one hundred and fifty in the little one. But a lot of conversations, and oh, that's the bit you'd love. It's like mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner. The conference didn't start till 10, which was awesome. Nice. Yep. So it was uh, breakfast, it was uh, lunch, it was dinners, it was dancing. It was really just, just, just socializing and discussing ideas. And I think I'd do an event like that again. It was, it was really good, and I'll incorporate some of the things that I saw there into my own events to get them even more social. So could I expect Fast Web Formula 5 to be hugging and dancing? I might have a personal development person there. I'm just thinking about that at the moment. Right. I don't think they'll be hugging. and you know, It's not going to get all woo-woo, but <laughs> there will definitely be socializing. There'll be a comedian. There'll be a fully paid for dinner and drinks, and there'll be a little bit, you know, I'm going to talk about probably the key things that have changed me that I'm incorporating into my business. So, you know, mm-hmm. it started this week even with, you know, the stuff we've been able to do for my team in the background to support the community just just through our connection of people, being able to do some voluntary work and to sponsor some food packages and stuff, you know, just putting more good back out in the world is, is a mm-hmm. definite takeaway for me. Yeah, it's nice, mate. Tell me the conferences you've been to, any any speakers – and I ask this, I ask this as, a, as a speaker myself, any speakers kind of stand out, not necessarily in their content but in their delivery? One guy was very good at, at delivering his content. It was, it was like I was at a professional sort of a show, like a highly polished show in maybe a Las Vegas magic show or something. He was such mm. a good compare. He had his slides and his music and everything timed beautifully and he was talking us through the experience as like a host, it's like someone taking you through the haunted house or something in, in a theme park. He really knew his material and he was right. making the experience good for us. 
Because and he was integrating music into his presentation, was he? The whole thing was about music. It was about the changing ah. generations and how they cycle yep. between a me and the we. I really liked his presentation. Other people mm. liked his content, but not his presentation, which is bizarre because I go the opposite to most with this stuff. Like there was a lady who was an evangelistic preacher and, and I thought it was unbelievably productized and synthesized to mm-hmm. beyond believability. You know, she even muffled her lines in parts and people love that stuff. They just go mm-hmm. nuts for it. I wasn't taken at all. I was I felt this is a con. That's my, my cynic sort of within. It's too polished. Mm-hmm. Then there was another guy who was you speak to him and he's normal like us talking now. Then you get on stage and he's again he's got this Carolina preachy draw. Oh, yeah. Like what where's yeah, this yeah. guy coming from? <laughs> it was all staged and I don't I don't like that. It's it's not yeah. congruous. And then there's other people who are who just suck at presenting. Like they're so bad they distract you. They they're burning a hole in the dance floor back and forth. They muck up their lines. They they do a lot of rookie errors, and they take away from the ability to move and transform the audience. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of people in the middle who are you know reasonably good at you know quite good content, quite good delivery. The message gets through. I mean, the whole point of presenting is to move the audience from where they're at when you start to where you'd like them to be at the end. And mm-hmm. I also managed to to jam myself a little speaking spot. Oh, no surprises there, Jimmy. Yeah, well. I- I did my usual uh, 1.30 in the morning at the bar. Uh, you, know, you, you know, why aren't I speaking at this event? Oh, yeah, yeah, you have you my spot. You, know, yeah, you have you my spot, he says. And, uh, and so I did. I turned up at 9 o'clock with my slides and uh, uh, on I right. went and I loved it. It was fantastic. Right. And then and... I also managed to uh, earn myself a speaking spot at a couple of events next year. So I'll be speaking at Traffic and Conversion Summit and I'll be speaking at Yannick's Underground Number 10. Nice, nice. Oh, mate, you're back on the road. Just well just, and truly. Just little guest spots. I'm not doing pitch fests. I'm not selling anything. I just like to, you know, if I'm going to go to the event, I would rather be on the stage and it pushes me to create something new and to reflect on my own business and to share something that's really working. So I feel good about it, but mm-hmm. it also, it's more leveraged for me to attend an event. You know, it's great for generating business, of course which Mm -hmm. is a good reason to speak. I enjoy it and I like sharing ideas and I'm at a point where I feel I can open up and share stuff that's working. People resonate with it and they give me such good feedback that I'm encouraged to do occasional spots. But, you know, select targeted events with the right people. Mm. I wouldn't go and do the local bingo stall or whatever. I'm, I'm not trying to speak for the sake of speaking. I'm not that guy. I'm speaking because I want to share to my peer group. Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate the local bingo. It could be some um, heavy hitters in there. You don't know who people know. You know, it could be the pair, the the grandfather of like. Yeah, but the it's not really. Client. It's not the point. The, you know, I know, the, mate. The point I is, know. I want to. If I want to go to a big event, like if there's seventeen hundred people, I'd rather get on stage and meet all of them in one go. That's much more leveraged. And then the people who like my presentation come and find me and they talk mm. to me. So it's the best way to to get introduced to the right people at an event is to pop up on stage for half an hour and Correct. share something useful. That that grows the business. That's really mm. my main marketing strategy these days is these podcasts, putting up some videos on my site and attending select live events. Yeah, well, they're pretty good strategies really. Um, you don't need much more than that. 
No. You, well, I don't really need paid traffic so much. Mm. I don't need uh, launches. I don't need affiliates. So it gives you a lot more ability to craft your message and deliver it in a way that you want. Interesting, I updated to Mavericks on my computer and it updated Keynote and I prepared my slides from 1.30 in the morning till 6.30 in the morning and then it crashed at 7 and I was speaking at 9 and I rebuilt my slides for an hour and had about 35 minutes sleep. Wow. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was like, okay, damn it, this is a challenge. I always do new slides and, and new presentation. I don't like to present the same thing over and over again. Gee, mm. that's, that's putting pressure on yourself. Yes, and that's how you get diamonds. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> Tish. Um, w- w- weren't you saving as you went? Yes, but it, it, uh, because it was a complete upgrade, there was some little bug and I had no internet to be able to up- update the ah, software. Right. It was just a nightmare, basically. I was living a yeah. nightmare. I actually, I exported it as a PDF before it crashed again. And then I screenshotted every single slide, like 170 of them, and dragged them into another keynote and managed to get away with it. And I didn't have what any a good idea. no hiccups. But ha- ha- if I was required to, I would have been able to talk for 30 minutes without any slides. It's just nicer for the audience to have a visual. And there was no words on the slides. They were pictures. That was another oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I too, I often have that. I mean, every keynote I do, I have slides and they're all pretty much visual, maybe three or four words on them. But um, I actually have this thought when I'm preparing slide decks that I, I, I sometimes I think, gee, I wish they just call me now and, and say, you're on in five minutes, Timbo. And then I'd go, oh, Ripper, okay, I can't use my slide decks. So I'll just go on and talk from the heart. That is how my and, first uh, presentation happened. I'm well, the first ever. Yeah, present. Yep. This guy wanted me to speak to his staff. And uh, I asked my boss if it's all right. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, but charge plenty. So I charged $4,000. I went out and bought a laptop, created my PowerPoint, turned up, and the projector was locked in the cabinet. And it was, uh. it was not. But thankfully, I'd printed off my presenter's notes. And I was able to present off uh, the piece of paper as a prompt where I forgot what the next slide was. It, well, these there things is bring out the best in you, don't they? I agree. I agree. I think just um, I'm not sure the audience do need slides. I think if you can speak from the heart, then they are going to be engaged. Um, well, look, yet to know, be tested. Why is TV so popular? Mm, yeah, I sort of know what you mean. Why is there, Facebook but I'm not, so not sure popular? It's... Pictures drive emotions, man. Mm. Pictures worth mm. a thousand. So I'm using pictures uh, without words quite a lot of the time, and they support what i'm saying and they enhance and and flavor and develop it yep all right fair call fair call what are you going to name this episode jimmy we've been all over the (laughs) shop no idea we could call no idea from woo woo to whatever i don't know (laughs) leave it up to to bingo and back again this is the wonderful thing about having a talented team i'm sure they'll come up with a wonderful name correct correct all right, buddy. Well, uh, that has been another episode. Episode just one more time. Episode fifty-six of Freedom Ocean, and um, we will cover next time uh, how the marketing, the online marketing world, has changed in the past twelve months. In fact, you and I have got a little Google Doc happening that's got about twenty uh, topics that we're going to cover Sorry in about that. That's that's, that's, yeah. um, that's sort of our little dotted line to the horizon, isn't it? It is. It, it is awesome. our train tracks. It is. We're rolling. Hey? 
Yeah, yeah, we're rolling. I noticed uh, I noticed Ezra on the email this morning is, um, you know, uh, as hard to pin down as I am, which I felt really good about when I saw that. Well, he was over at that event as well. And right. He uh, had a bit of travel for him, get out and about. He's got plenty mm-hmm. happening. But, uh, yeah, we've been very consistent up until then, and I need to get get back on. I've been able to manage my own shows, but it's much harder with the co-host, isn't it? Uh, you truly mean to pin one down. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, families, yeah. timing, travel, etc. Yeah. But I, th- I think we're back on now and we should have a good run. Correct, correct. All right, buddy. Well, uh, lovely to hear your voice and um, we'll see you uh, next time. Listeners, if you want to get a little bit more um, of Freedom Ocean, if you haven't heard us before, head over to freedomocean.com. And uh, there's a whole back catalogue of uh, episodes there and some resources and things that we use in our own online businesses. And uh, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or a question for Jimmy or myself, then um, the email address, James, would be, well, actually, go to the site. You can click on um, SpeakPipes or contact us. SpeakPipe, leave a message uh, or just reply to any of our broadcast emails. That is absolutely correct. Mate, I'm hopping back into that freedom ocean. I'll see you next time. All right. See you, Timbo. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. <laughs>